Are you a woman age 21 and above who wants to take charge of your health? Then drop by any SOG Health Clinic and arrange for a cervical cancer screening today. Or thanks to Camtech Health's HPV self-sampling kits, you can collect your own sample in the comfort and privacy of your home for the first time ever in Singapore. Have questions? Don't worry. SOG and Camtech Health's dedicated and reliable team of professionals are here to help. Book an appointment today at SOG.com.sg or visit Camtech Health's website for more info. Health Matters in association with Keto Sterile by Fresenius Kabi. Caring for life. Helping you understand chronic kidney disease, that's what I've been doing over the last three weeks here on Health Matters with this series, Exploring the Condition, which there are, it's not small numbers in Singapore by any means. In fact, quite significant. As we've learned, waiting for signs and symptoms may not be the best thing. This can be a little bit of a silent killer. It is highly linked, of course, to our high rates of diabetes. Diabetes-induced kidney failure were the second highest rates in the world. Early detection can be achieved through a blood test, a urine test, and maybe a follow-up ultrasound. And early detection opens up so many opportunities and possibilities in terms of treatment and intervention. And if successful, I mean, we have options today. That means you could even potentially delay the onset or need for something like dialysis. You don't want to reach that scenario, that stage where that has to happen. Now, what's happening for a lot of patients dealing with kidney disease is not only is it about seeing a doctor, medication, getting a checks and things like that. It's also about dietary management that has to form a part of your treatment approach. And that's why to wrap up the series and to get a holistic look at it, things when it comes to managing chronic kidney disease, I've invited Rachel Tay onto the show, who's a senior dietitian based at Glen Eagles Hospital. Rachel, hi, welcome aboard. Hi, thank you for having me, Daniel. Absolute pleasure. There's a big part of chronic disease, chronic kidney disease management that has to involve things like dietary counselling uh, for a CKD patient. Can you tell me more about what this means? Yeah, so dietary counselling is a process where a nutrition-trained healthcare professional engages in discussion uh, with the client or the patient to help them make healthier food choices that pertain to their individual health conditions. So ideally, this should begin for patients with uh, kidney disease as soon as possible in the earlier stages of the disease. And why is this so important, so necessary, so essential? The kidney really cannot be challenged too much by their traditional dietary choices? Yeah, so usually in the earlier stages, that's when there are the least amount of restrictions. Mm -hmm. So that's when it might be easier for patients to also uh, comply with the advice. And doing so in the earlier stages, by having a good control of their diabetes, their high blood pressure, this does help to slow down the kidney disease progression. That is so important to bear in mm. mind, right? I mean, with, if you can detect it early, it opens you up to these opportunities for making those changes. But as we're going to explore and find out, you know, it, it can be challenging for some patients, but we'll get your advice on how to make it happen. Can you walk me through the nature of the changes that may have to happen dietary-wise for that patient? Mm. So in the earlier stages of the kidney disease, patients will usually be guided to tighten their control of their other comorbid conditions 
So example, if they had diabetes and high blood pressure, we would advise them, you know, like to cut back on their intake of refined sugar, their intake of salt, how to do so, especially now in Singapore where everybody eats out most of the time. You know, people want to know, like, you know, practically, how do I make healthier lifestyle choices when I eat out with my family? Am I still able to eat out with my family or not? Then, depending on the stage of kidney disease and also whether the patient is symptomatic, they may be further guided to control their protein, uh, potassium, phosphorus and fluid intakes respectively. How, how challenging can this be really to institute? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all for most patients, right? You have to yeah, right. be tailored to the individual patient. Yes, that's right. Yes. So it really depends on various factors. Um, for example, like, you know, what are the patient's lifestyle and their habits? What are their motivations to actually make changes? So some people, you know, say that, oh, they have got very young kids, for example, so they don't want to, you know, uh, uh, be sick. Um, and also it depends on their level of family support as well. You know, like if let's say they wanted to eat at home more often, then is there anyone to prepare food for them? Uh, financial situation is also something important to consider. So we need to do a thorough assessment, essentially, to understand each unique case. Thereafter, we will tailor the most appropriate dietary advice for them. Because if the information is relatable, it is more likely that the patient will follow. Mm. Is it mainly about protein restriction? Is that it? Uh, it depends uh, on the stage of, CK, of uh, chronic kidney disease. Um, so, yeah, protein probably one of the few things that we would talk to them about. And then subsequently, if say, potassium or phosphorus were an issue then we would have to bring up those as well. So that's why it, it really is a holistic approach. You're working with the doctors. The patient is seeing you, seeing the doctors, seeing mm. the allied health professionals. It's really a group effort, really. Huh? Yes, right. Yes, team effort. So what are the tools or the options or the advice that you often impart to help the patient make sense of things? Because initially, it, mm. it can be daunting, and difficult, mm. you don't, I mean, all we, we don't think about how we eat in a very formulaic or mechanical <laughs> way. It's go to yeah, the right. hawker centre and buy a packet of rice, you know, that's all. Mm. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. So we definitely make use a lot of pictorial representations. So uh, we show them pictures of real food uh, or we even use our food models. So in many of the dietitian clinics, we actually do have food models to use. And we would tell patient, you know, you can have this, this or that, you know, how to mix and match their foods, you know, so that it doesn't become too boring. And of course, we also use handouts to support the session so that patient can refer to them when they go home. And are they able, to, I mean, you have to make sense of it. I mean, nowadays, am I writing this in a diary? Am I mapping this out? On my, because it's all well and good to see you for that one meeting, but how do I institute it for the rest of the week, the rest of the month before I see you again? You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, so usually um, if let's say patient would find it helpful, we are most happy to provide them a sample meal plan. So usually this sample meal plan will give an idea of like portions of the staple food, like your carbohydrates, you know, how much to have, whether it's like rice or noodles or spaghetti or bread. And for your protein, you know, how many exchanges we call them per meal. And then the patient can mix and match when they go out if they wanted to have fish or egg or chicken or tofu. So it gives them flexibility. We give them the skeleton in the meal plan, then they can mix and match. Okay. Now, does this become a little bit more complicated? They're also dealing with other health issues. For example, like I talked about in my introduction sometimes, um, they're very often maybe dealing with a diagnosis of diabetes as well. Mm. Um, so could the meal plan or the skeleton framework that you're providing also apply to the diabetes and just be mutually beneficial there? Yes, definitely. So the job of the dietitian is really to actually um, take into account all the medical conditions that the patient has and come up with something that's customized and tailored for them. 
specifically. So like if you have a combination of diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, kidney disease, whatever stage it is, the dietitian is supposed to be able to come up with a meal plan that suits that combination of conditions. At the end of the day, though, if they're mm. doing this and instituting this, we need to be able to monitor. We need to be able yes. to find out whether it's working. What are you monitoring for to make sure that the changes are being effective? Mm, yes, agree. Monitoring is very important. So when a patient comes back to see us, we usually look at trends. Um, so like the weight trends, you know, what are the blood test trends, any changes in medications, and also signs and symptoms that the patient has. Because as kidney disease progresses, the signs and symptoms do become more apparent for some of them. So we're seeing that with the right dietary changes, we can see a mm. lessening of the signs and symptoms? Yes. So they might be less uh, likely to have like loss of appetite you know, or feeling unwell because maybe they're having a good control on their protein intake, things like that. And also, for example, like uh, fluid retention, maybe they don't really get such issues because they're controlling their salt and their fluid well. Actually, that can be quite motivating, right? When they realise yes. that if they do this well and do this the right way, mm. that they can feel better and have a little bit better quality of life. Yes, you're absolutely right. And also when I show them the blood test trends, like, you know, maybe previously, for example, uh, blood potassium levels were high. Then when they come back and they see that, oh, you know, that's improvement, then, you know, some of them, they do feel motivated as well. When you can see that all the hard work is paying off, that's the thing. Yes, yes. What happens though, I mean... Let's be honest, lah. Sometimes we're Singaporeans, okay? We break a little <laughs> bit. We're going to break. It's gonna happen. Um, yeah. Can that one or two special meals that happen, somebody's birthday, a night out, whatever kind of thing, yeah. can that severely interfere in your CKD management? Uh, well, if it's just like a once-off meal, like you know, the patient's birthday or relative's birthday, just one time, it's fine. You know, but the rest of the time, try to keep within the recommended uh, dietary allowances. Because you're going to notice when it's when 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 the symptoms come on, you're going to know that it's not yes, working. Yes, the bloods don't lie. Yeah, the bloods don't lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You can yep. say that I'm doing it, but really, when the blood test comes out, that's it. Yep. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Rachel, let's say that this particular patient that you're working with, right, um, they're doing the dietary changes, but you also have to bear in mind or maybe think about the kinds of medications or treatments that that patient is going to be going through. What, what are you looking out for? Because, because those treatments, those medications could require dietary adjustments as well in some cases, right? Yes, you're right. You're right. So from a kidney disease point of view, usually I will also look at a patient's medication list to note particularly medications that control things like their diabetes, blood pressure, any kind of like fluid status. So some patients are on water pills to help them to pass out excess fluid or even medications that may affect blood potassium levels. So, you know, like sometimes for kidney disease, patients may need to be on a potassium restriction. But when I do the dietary assessment for the patient, I find that actually patient is not really taking a high potassium diet to begin with. This seems to be more, you know, medication-induced uh, high potassium levels, in which case um, having a conversation with the doctor is important. And then sometimes the doctor may adjust the medications if necessary. Potassium sometimes. Yes. Oh, wow. And, uh, and also things like treatments I would look out for are like, you know, if the, if the team has any plan to start patient on dialysis, when they plan to start the dialysis, um, or if let's say patient is not planned for dialysis and planned for the palliative route. So all these things are important to take note uh, when planning the dietary management for patients. 
in what scenario would, for example, protein restriction be required? Usually in the stage of uh, chronic kidney disease, then they would be required to control their protein. The amount that they would be required to control really depends on quite a few factors. And uh, in terms of whether they're also on, for example, amino acid supplements, then that's where you know um, they might need an even tighter protein restriction. I ask because I think it might be easier to do some of the other restrictions compared to the protein restriction. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we all like our meats and then the different kinds of proteins. And then there yeah. might be the processed ones as well, which we should all be cutting down on anyway. <laughs> um, so, so what are the kinds of proteins we're talking about that might be necessary to restrict? Are we talking about all, like meats, red meats, animal meats, even fish, dairy foods and things like that? Yeah, so all kinds of proteins actually, but in terms of the type of protein, it really depends on the patient's eating habits. For example, is the patient actually a vegetarian or not? You know, um, if let's say I were to ask them to cut down their animal protein, have a um, greater amount of uh, plant-based protein, are they able to do it or not? So although, you know, we are moving more towards a plant-based diet for kidney patients um, that has been shown to be beneficial for them, it really depends on what the patient can do and also whether potassium is a concern for the patient because potassium can be um, present in quite a big amount for certain plant-based proteins. Okay, how, how strict are we talking here? Are we talking zero, zero potassium, zero protein? No, <laughs> no, no, not zero protein. So protein malnutrition is a concern in kidney disease patients. Uh, Ma, so on the still... flip side, you also cannot be protein malnutritioned. Yes, that's absolutely right. So very important. So see a dietitian to find the balance, you know. So uh, yeah, so it's a concern in kidney disease patients. You know, if let's say patients are malnourished, so they're still encouraged and recommended to consume a amount of protein daily, but it's very individualized. Rachel, this has just occurred to me. It's so interesting. I've been covering a lot on the idea of um, plant-based protein foods. Those seem to be very popular um, and gaining a lot of traction as well. Could could yes. somebody substitute if they're trying to reduce the protein intake because of the chronic kidney disease management? What are your thoughts on using plant-based proteins to substitute? Uh, definitely studies are showing benefits of substituting plant-based proteins for kidney disease patients. This one will benefit them in the, in the point of view of um, them absorbing less phosphorus and less uh, producing less of an acid load, which is beneficial for kidney disease patients. However, saying that also, the amounts that patients take is, are important. Um, it doesn't mean that if you eat plant-based, means you can eat lots and lots of plant-based proteins. It's still within the recommended amount. And if, let's say, patients were wanting to eat plant-based proteins, just be wary of the commercial processed ones, which tend to be high in sodium. So it's best to choose the fresh kind. But the good news is it could play a role and it could help maybe satisfy some of the cravings that the patient yes. might be having. Mm. Very interesting. But I guess the message is, as always, work with your dietitian on how to integrate them, yeah? Yes, for sure. Rachel Tay, Senior Dietitian out of Glen Eagles Hospital. That wraps up our series on chronic kidney disease management. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Daniel Martin for Health Matters. Health 
Health Matters in association with Ketosterol by Fresenius Kabi. Caring for life. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional. Are you a woman aged 21 and above who wants to take charge of your health? Then drop by any SOG Health Clinic and arrange for a cervical cancer screening today. Or thanks to Camtech Health's HPV self-sampling kits, you can collect your own sample in the comfort and privacy of your home for the first time ever in Singapore. Have questions? Don't worry. SOG and Camtech Health's dedicated and reliable team of professionals are here to help. Book an appointment today at sog.com.sg or visit Camtech Health's website for more info.